Hey, shop owner, I need a favor. We need your help with our annual industry survey. This survey gives us a quick snapshot of your shop that we compile into a neatly packaged report so that you can see how shops across the industry are performing. Visit ratchetandrich.com and at the top of the page, click RW Industry Survey to get started. It takes about 15 minutes. Thanks. Welcome to Ratchet and Wrench Radio, an Endeavor Business Media podcast, bringing you strategies and inspiration for auto care success, featuring the voices of shop owners, thought leaders, and influencers from around the auto care industry. Today, my guest is Mark Mawinney of Natural Born Coaches, also dubbed as the Coach Who Coaches Coaches. Uh, Mark is an industry outsider, but has a very fresh take on how coaches can garner and strengthen their coaching businesses, uh, how people who are interested in becoming coaches can begin their coaching journey, and why it's important to always feed the starving crowd. We'll get started after this important message. Psst, hey you. Yeah, you. Can I tell you how fired up I am? about the 2024 Ratchet and Wrench Management Conference happening September 12th through the 14th at the Renaissance Orlando at SeaWorld in Orlando, Florida. That's right. Our theme this year, powering your shop, fueling the fun. When you register at rwconference.com, you'll join industry leaders for an exclusive business building conference for auto repair shop owners, operators, and managers. This year, It's a new location, it's a new format, and it's going to be a whole lot of fun. We've got over 30 strategy sessions, we've got roundtables, we've got keynotes, and best of all, we've got lots of valuable networking to put you in proximity of some of the industry's leading operators so you can soak in their knowledge. Plus, we're looking for speakers. If you'd like to present a session, Visit rwconference.com and under the conference tab, click call for speakers to throw your hat into the ring. Again, rwconference.com to register and I'll see you in Orlando. And now on to our guest. Hey, Mark, welcome to Ratchet and Rich Radio. Hey, Chris. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. So you're dubbed as the coach who coaches coaches. Uh, Tell us about what you do. Uh, yeah, we're going to break a record for the use of word coach in one podcast. I coach, I, I coach coaches for lack of a better term, although I know that that uh, title doesn't have the best, um, you know, reputation because some people oh, that coaches, 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 you know, it's like pawn scum down around politicians, used car salesmen or whatever. So, yeah, but in, I mean, in a nutshell, that's what I do. I help coaches get more clients organically uh, without paid ads is my big thing uh, with it because that's how I built my business. I'm celebrating 10 years coming up soon and it was all organic rolling up my sleeves doing stuff that didn't cost anything so it can be done all right and like a lot of these coaches that we deal with in the in the auto space you know you come from a people-centric industry too tell us about your background 
Yeah, my background's actually in real estate. Uh, I did for about 10 years right out of university and built up a real estate business over that time. And it's funny, uh, I've been coaching since 2014. I moved over to that and I see a lot of similarities between coaching and real estate. You know, it's interesting. I'm like, uh, even though it's been a long time since I was in real estate, I'm like, see, there's some similarities here too, right? So um, yeah, I mean, that's my background. It's, it's interesting because after real estate, I want to get into something personal development type related. And I'm like, is it going to be uh, writing books or maybe the motivational speaking or whatever? And coaching wasn't quite there yet when I was looking at it, but then by the time 2014 rolled around, it was starting to really blossom, and I was like, yeah, I, I would like this, so here we are. Yeah, coaching's become quite the space over the last, you know, seven, eight years. It's funny, because I thought it was a noisy online space in 2014, compared to 2024, you know, it's, it's a lot noisier now, you get it definitely... Uh, you can't do what a lot of coaches think when they get started. Oh, I'll slap a website up and people will come rushing through the door. I see most new coaches expect they'll be spending 80, 90% of their time coaching their clients. And then the other 10, 20% of the time, oh, a little bit of marketing, a little bit of paperwork or whatever. Nah, it's a flip side. It's you're going to spend probably 80, 90% of your time marketing, prospecting for clients. And then the rest of you're lucky if you're spending 10, 20% actually coaching. Now, one of your strengths is helping coaches make more money. And part of that is program diversification. What are some ways coaches can get away from kind of that standard menu of options of having maybe one coaching program or two coaching programs to really, you know, opening up to more ideas and more ways of reaching different segments of their audience? Yeah, so there's two schools of thought with it. And I can see the points for each show. Uh, I'll put a little asterisk. I think it's good to not put all your eggs in one basket and have multiple you know, different revenue streams in case one of your baskets develops a hole in the bottom and your eggs go flying out, so to speak. Uh, that being said, I see a lot of coaches making the mistake of trying to do too much too early. So they jump in, they're like, oh, okay, I'm going to have a one-on-one coaching program, a group coaching program. I'm going to have a membership site. I'll have a mastermind community. I'll have this. I'll have that. I'll do speaking. I'll write books. It's like, holy geez, it's too much. So what I would say is um, it's not a bad idea to start with just a few core offerings early on. And then as you get your feet wet, you can add on to it. You know, I didn't have... Um, you know, because you've helped me out with my membership, uh, the community, the newsletter and stuff, Seeker Coach Club. I started that in 2017, but I, that was three years into my journey when I started that. So what I like to do, I have a, one of my programs is helping coaches get to their uh, consistent 10K months. And with that, those coaches I'm working with, we keep it strictly to two programs, two core offerings. And then with my other programs we focus on scaling and adding some other stuff into there as well so i think it's good to have some different options but um i also think it's not good to have the boring if you if you're gonna have one-on-one in group coaching people don't necessarily want to go to uh, chris jones group coaching program or mark morney's group coaching program you know i think it's good to highlight the result from it there and, and work that into the title and, and stuff too and have a little bit of fun with it it's kind of boring to be like, yeah, you know, let's talk about my one-on-one -on -one coaching program. Okay, well, what's it about, you know? Yeah, and for someone who may be interested in becoming a coach, you know, how do you recommend they get their feet wet in coaching? So it's um, a little bit uh, the chicken or the egg, right? <laughs> you know, when you get started, you, you <laughs> need clients to become a better coach. Uh, but it, it, it's sometimes, what, what I always say is that, um, unfortunately, if I had to put my money between a brilliant marketer who's a, just an average coach or a brilliant 
excellent coach who's only an average marketer, chances are the brilliant marketer is going to do significantly better because they're going to get clients through the door and they're going to have a chance to practice their craft, so to speak, as opposed to the other one. So I'm not saying don't work on your coaching skills. You'll become a better coach in, in the uh, case of people who are seeing this or listening to this. It's uh, by getting shop owners, you know, and just starting to work with them. So what I always suggest in the, uh, especially the early stages is focus on just a couple ways of reaching those people. It, people here are in a great position because you have uh, three questions to answer to be a successful coach. Who do you help? How do you help them? Where do you find them? Well, your people already know who they help, right? The, uh, the garage, uh, the business owners there. Uh, how do you help them is just defining, okay, what programs am I going to do? What results uh, do they give? And then it's where do you find them? And those type of people, that niche, they probably gather in the same places or going to the same conventions or on the same lists and so on. So your people are in a really good position because they've already figured out two of the three things, who they help and where they find them. They just need to now choose, okay, how am I going to help them? You know, what does that look like? Something I know you're very big on, I think it's the Gary Halpern quote of feed the starving yeah. crowd. I think that's the quote. Yeah, you know, how can people who want to become coaches in the auto space, how can they identify the starving crowd and then start to deliver, you know, value to that crowd? So when it comes to shop owners, any niche you're in, there's there's uh, people want to make more money. They want to get more clients, right? Now, um, I don't know where, depending mm -hmm. where they're at, where I'm at in Canada during COVID, shop owners were deemed an essential service. Uh, so they did very well because <laughs> people were still going in. They weren't shut down like government did with other businesses or so on. Um, I would put myself in the shop owner's shoes and say, if I was a shop owner that wanted to bring in more money than bringing in and have more profit, uh, what would entice me? You know, what would really help me uh, with it? And I would probably lead with that. You know, everything you do from your uh, free resource to get them into your world on your email list. You know, maybe it's uh, say um, you know a free audit. You know, uh, with a person's business, show them how they can you know make the max amount or save the max amount in um, a certain you know amount of time. You know, it's just me spitballing. I could workshopping it. We could probably do better with it. Uh, but it's got to be more than just okay. I'm gonna slap up a website and there's a little. Uh, opt-in box on the website, sign up for my newsletter, which is the most boring thing. It may have worked 10, 15 years ago. Now you have to offer them something enticing to get them into your world. And then, you know me, uh, Chris, I'm really big on consistent emails. I do daily emails, um, you know, and that some people might feel like that's a little bit overkill, but uh, that's getting people into your world and then giving them value and, and making sure that you're always top of mind uh, with it. So I, I love the niche with automobile or shop owners. I think it's great. You know, I've seen coaches do really well with dentists, you know, business coaches for dentists and, and things that are very defined, well-defined niches. So I think that's great. Let's talk about that a little bit. You talked about the idea of being the brilliant marketer and how the brilliant marketer can find more success. You're very big on content creation. How can coaches really you know, dive into creating valuable content that attracts people to their businesses. Uh, so the interesting thing with content, it can be repackaged, right? So sometimes people think I'm in front of my laptop more than I am. Now, that being said, I probably do overwork, you know, I'm a bit of a workaholic. So I'm not in front of my laptop 24-7. Uh, so my content creation system, the foundation is a daily email. You know, every day it goes at the same time, rain or shine every day. But then that gets repackaged all over. It goes to three places on Facebook, my Facebook group, personal Facebook, and my fan page. 
uh, goes to my blog, goes to LinkedIn, it goes to Twitter, sometimes goes to Instagram and stuff like that. So one email, which I can now write, I can get that out probably 20 minutes, 15 minutes, because I've been doing it for so long. Uh, 15 minutes of writing email can become eight, 10 pieces of content all over. So I'm not creating new content everywhere. And that's what I would start with if I was um, one of the coaches listening or watching this. I would, if you're not already doing email, start doing email and then use that as a basis of your content creation. It doesn't mean you have to do daily emails. I'm big on that, but hey, maybe you say, okay, I'm going to start off with a couple emails, you know, one email a week or three a week and then go from there. And when you do emails, uh, don't be boring. For the first two years of my journey, my emails will put people to sleep probably, you know, because I didn't take the filter off. And I didn't want to lose any subscribers. Heaven forbid if anyone left my list. And in 2016, I took the filter off when I started doing daily. I said, screw it. I'm just going to write like I talk and just put it out there. And uh, that that helps as well. So you got to be interesting. Uh, I think it was Richard Nixon said, the only thing worse than being wrong is being boring and you don't want to you, you don't want to be boring in this line of work yeah with emails you talk about um entertaining people what are some ways that you use to entertain people i know that you use pop culture you use a lot of different references to draw people in what are some ways that you content create on your end to get people to open your emails and engage yeah, with you? i mean well like you said pop culture that could be a good thing the place i get ideas from books that i read i'm always reading books and i'm the type i highlight my books and i scratch notes and stuff which some people would be aghast at that but so if i'm ever stuck i could go back to you know one of the books i have in the book shelf or i've got a ton of books in storage open it up and pull a, a section that would be, be able to turn into an email you know me riffing on a quote or something from there uh, so there's books about when you create more content when you, you start noticing things in your day-to-day -day life oh geez that'd make a great email i should share that with my list uh, or something you're watching on netflix or you're watching a movie or whatever then i'm constantly my radar is up all the time and right away i'm putting it into my phone in the notes there just so i don't forget it because if you don't do that you'll forget it it'll float up into the air uh, so the rule of thumb I always have is I want to give people something of value in the emails. And there's an author, Josh Burnoff. He wrote a book called Writing Without Bullshit. Uh, he said the iron imperative is treat your reader's time as more valuable than your own. So the way I'm looking at it, if someone's opening up an email, even if they're only investing 30 seconds or a minute to go through the email, I want to make sure I'm giving them something of value. So I always um, will maybe give a quick lesson, quick piece of advice or an opinion, something in aha that that i think they should know and then i uh just trans i i go to a quick call to action like an invitation take the next step by the way i go over this in greater detail in module two of my xyz program here are the details if you want to check it out you know something like that so they're not thousand word emails as you know they might only be a few hundred words tops but they that's what it is it's quick lesson aha story then bang transitioning into an invitation to take the next step yeah you talk about like taking the filter off i'd love to, for you to talk about that more because one thing i know that you talk about a lot is um using the shock value of things yeah. sometimes you know like using shock factor talk about that yeah. a little bit uh, so let's talk about donald trump no i'm just joking we'll talk about your, your, your election <laughs> in november we'll really take the filter off um yeah so 
it's tricky because nowadays, of course, we're in this area, uh, area of cancel culture and stuff. Although I think there's a bit of blowback now. I think people are like, okay, we're tired of this and it's getting a little silly. But um, you, when I say shock or when you, when you say shock, I don't mean that you're just going out there intentionally to offend uh, just to what's it called with YouTube and other things, rage bait and stuff where you just put something out there oh, yeah. knowing that you're going to get people like, and I see a lot of people doing it online and you can kind of see through that you have to marry it with real opinions that you have. So, I mean, a good example for me, and this, I can't believe that this is controversial, but in 2024 it is, I will often um, exclaim my support of or love of capitalism, right? Which is a bad thing, um, you know, for some, a lot of people nowadays, especially the younger folks, oh my God, you, you capitalist pig and, you know, that's awful or whatever. So um, I'll support capitalism knowing that uh, it'll piss off a lot of people, but it'll attract the people I want to attract because I don't want to work with, um, you know, a coach who is um, tweeting out, eat the rich or tax the rich. And, uh, you know, they've got AOC posters all over and anyone that makes any money is evil and awful or whatever. Uh, We're just not going to probably be a good match. I want to work with people who are comfortable making a profit. They're putting a lot of value there and they're comfortable being compensated for it. So I'm pushing the AOC Bernie folks away, you know, and and I'm drawing other people to me that are cool (laughs) with uh, capitalism. But the interesting thing is I've had a lot of people say to me when we do Zoom calls, for example, uh, they'll say, Mark, I just want to let you know, thank you for, uh, I saw your post about capitalism earlier this week and I really agreed with, I loved it or whatever. And I'm like, uh, well, why, why didn't you comment on it or share it or whatever? They're like, oh God, no, I couldn't do that. You know, I just want to tell you, you know, behind the scenes that I appreciate what you're doing. So I get what they're coming from, but a lot of entrepreneurs are so skittish and afraid. And I'm like, if that's considered controversial, um, that you like love capitalism, then I, I can't work with you, you know, and that's fine. We're just not going to be a fit. Yeah, it, it's it's wild. And that, yeah, but there's plenty of fodder out there for creating uh, interesting emails and subject lines and you know, getting people engaged, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah, there is. Like, <laughs> one of the things I'll show you here, what I try to do when I create content, I don't know if you guys can see this. You know who that is? I guess you can see. That's Jonathan Goldsmith. He, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. He's the actor that played uh, the world's most interesting man in the Das Asquis commercials for years. And then they, they dropped him in like 2018 or something. But uh, this is an autographed, uh, uh, it's his autograph. There's a certificate and stuff there. So um, I love those commercials. They're hilarious. But this is a reminder to keep my content interesting. You know, so anytime I feel uh, I'm putting a governor on, on me or like kind of putting the filter on, I just look at this. I'm like, nope, that's not interesting enough mark you know and uh you gotta keep it interesting uh with it so yeah that that's a, a reminder a powerful reminder for me right on now another thing that you do is you talk to coaches about capturing media opportunities like podcast interviews why is it important for coaches to put themselves out there on interviews and in platforms where they can be seen as subject matter experts yeah i think podcast interviews it's the lowest hanging fruit you know you're they don't cost anything unless you're hiring a booking agency which you know really you don't have to do there's organic ways to do it which i show my clients but um cost no money there's a small time investment you show up for 30 minutes you show your expertise and give value and then you're gone and then uh, the unfortunate host you in this case has to worry about editing it and uh, doing the production and uploading (laughs) while i'm sipping margaritas on the beach no i'm just kidding i'm not doing that but um 
I'm a big fan of people having a podcast. You know, my show Natural Born Coaches has been great, but it could be a lot of work, right? Doing a show and trying to get that up and running. So at the very least, get out on shows and be a guest. And you're reaching people who probably didn't know who you were before you went on there. And you're getting this stage. And it's funny because I see um, a lot of coaches that will look at a show and they're like, oh, it's a fairly new show. It probably doesn't have a lot of downloads. I want to be on Tim Ferriss's podcast or Joe Rogan type shows or whatever. Well, those newer shows, even if they have, quote, only 100 downloads, imagine if you had 100 people in your backyard listening to you making a pitch or 100 people in your home, it'd be just bursting at the seams. You'd be tickled pink. But yet 100 downloads for a podcast, you're like, oh, gee, that's not enough. I need these super successful shows. It's like, oh, come on. So as long as the show is a fit, I'll go on it. But if it's anything in the coaching, personal development, entrepreneur space, I'll go on and talk, you know. So I, I encourage people definitely podcasting is huge to guesting. Like if you're not doing it, get on there. And I recommend doing two to four a month. It's not enough to do one every few months. You're not going to get enough traction that way. You want to be doing a lot more than that. Yeah. And something that you do that helps people like me is you create a one sheet. Can you talk about the value of having a one sheet to make it easier for podcast hosts? Yeah. So, I mean, a one sheet really is people might uh, recognize the term speaker sheet a little bit more, but in a nutshell, it's, it can be two page or whatever, but usually it's one page and it's got your bio on there. It's got potential talking points. Just you're feeding the podcast host. Hey, here's some of the things I could talk about, which could catch your attention. Um, not saying you have to go with those talking points because I keep mine flexible depending on the needs of the audience. Uh, you can mention other things in there like how they book you, you know, if there's a booking link or whatever. I mentioned on my one sheet that, hey, I'll share this around to uh, my audience is roughly 100,000 if I include the various places like email, podcast, uh, Facebook group, all that other stuff. So, hey, I'll share your interview to approximately 100,000 people, which is great because uh, everyone's what's their favorite radio station, WIIFM, what's in it for me. <laughs> so that's what they like. So, yeah. yeah, please, if you ever go on a podcast, please share it around. Um, I have had very few out of my 850 uh, guests on Natural Born Coaches who haven't shared it but it has happened and that's like a big no-no if someone's opened up their platform the least you can do if you're a guest in there share that interview around now on the converse side of that you're a coach that has a podcast yeah. how has that benefited you as a coach oh boys i'd say and do you and, and do you and do you recommend it in a perfect world your people would all have podcasts <laughs> but I, I know it can be a lot of it can be a lot of work <laughs> so i get it um it's helped me because it, it's what really first got me onto the map i launched my show in november of 2014 uh, so as i said we're up over 850 episodes now I've connected with so many people, like amazing people, and um, some really big names, but then some that aren't as big names, but they're very interesting, right? And yeah, so with a podcast, the advantage for having one is it's going to make it easier to get out as a guest on other shows because you can offer a podcast swap. So if I didn't know you, I could be like, hey, Chris, um, I saw your podcast. I think I'd be a great guest. I'd love to go on. I could talk about this, or here's my one sheet. Oh, by the way, I'd love to have you on my show as well here's some more information makes it much easier if you're doing a swap there you know reciprocity to get your foot in the door but a podcast is one of my big three i call them pillars you know for my business 
I do other things, but 90% of my business comes from podcasting. So that's my show or, and also going out on shows like we're doing now. Uh, it's also community building. So my Facebook group, the coaching jungle, that's coachingjungle.com. I'll get a ch- shameless pu- uh, plug in there for it. Um, but that's, you know, 25,000 members in there now, and then daily emails to my list. So podcasting, community building, daily emails, I'm good. You know, and I still do like LinkedIn and some of the other stuff, but primarily those are my big three pillars. Yeah, very good. And let's talk about the Facebook group because you grew that from like zero to 30,000 in what, a couple of years? Yeah, 25,000. Yeah, well, actually, it started in the fall of 2015. So it's been going now for, Mm -hmm. geez, probably eight and a half years. But it grew to the first thousand pretty quickly. And then it kind of steamrolled from there, you know, with it. And uh, I like the podcast because you what you want to do ideally is bring people into your world. So if you're just posting things on a Facebook, on your Facebook profile or whatever it's a busy news feed people probably aren't even going to see it but if you can build a community that they're visiting often they're getting value from and stuff then they get to know like and trust you it's your group and and stuff then that's very important so the analogy i always use is a boat versus the island so if you don't have a community you're just using your social media profiles it's like you're out in a boat in a really uh, wavy stormy sea noisy sea uh, but if Facebook groups an island that you're bringing people to, hopefully it doesn't turn into Lord of the Flies where everyone goes crazy and they're all <laughs> fighting and uh, throwing rocks at people. But uh, if, if it, 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 that's a thing is to get them to community. And it doesn't have to be a Facebook group. It could be uh, Mighty Networks. I have clients that are big on school now, you know, um, S-K-O-O-L. A lot of people are talking about that where Alex Hermosi's getting involved with it and, and things. Um, so it could be elsewhere. It doesn't have to be Facebook. Just my people happen to be on Facebook. So a Facebook group's a good thing. Who knows? Maybe the community will be something somewhere else, like down the road. If Facebook throttles engagement and stuff like that more, I might just say screw it, you know, and go elsewhere. But you really want to have a community that you're building. Your email list is a community as well, by the way. And I like that because once you get someone on the email list, you control that list. It's not building a house on shifting sand like a social media platform. You might get deplatformed, banned, whatever, kicked off. Your email list you own, and, and that's yours. So. I'm big on email list as community too. Okay. And what other tips do you have for coaches who want to stand above and beyond in the marketplace? Um, Well, a big one, it doesn't get talked about enough, but it's consistency. You know, I say consistency is kind of a boring Mm -hmm. superpower, but it's very important. So I see a lot of coaches and online entrepreneurs in general that will try something for, let's say, a week two weeks, it doesn't work, they don't get clients, and they're off to the next bright, shiny object. They're like, oh, that sucks, it doesn't work. And that's not gonna work. You have to put enough time into it, you have to plant the seed, water it, be patient, let it grow. And not that I don't stop doing things, but I make sure I give them at least a good college try before they do. So, you know, I had um, an Alexa flash briefing. I don't know if anyone knows what that is. I did one of those for a year, 300 and some short little one minute episodes. Then I just wasn't feeling it. I'm like, yeah, it's not really giving the kind of return I would like. And, you know, it's just occupying mental space. So I said, screw it. I'm going to just drop it. But it's not like I tried it for a week and said, oh, I didn't get any clients from Alexa flash briefings. I'm going to stop. It was a full year year 350 360 episodes so i knew by then i'm like now nah, i'm gonna move on and talk about, like, really briefly talk about your newsletter because i feel like you know for coaches having some sort of 
like exclusivity point sweetens the pot in my mind. Like, you know, you've got that newsletter, which makes people in your, in your network feel exclusive and like they're getting a a value added, you know, perk along with the calls that go with it. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So secret coach club started in March, 2017 as a physical newsletter. It was just ink and paper. Uh, Somebody wanted, there's no digital copies for years. I resisted people asking me, Oh, can you make it digital or whatever? Uh, this past year in March of 2023, I shifted it to completely digital for a number of reasons. I hated to do it because I kind of prided myself in the whole ink and paper thing. Um, what I didn't like was your lovely U.S. Postal Service losing some stuff, get lost in limbo. <laughs> so someone would be like, Mark, I didn't get the newsletter and have to get another one sent out. And also people had to wait. Usually it was they're getting it by the middle of the month or whatever. But the way it is now, they get it on the first day of the month. Uh, so that newsletter the way that I approach it is it's not just recycled content that's on social media or my emails or anything. I'm writing that newsletter as if I'm speaking to the subscriber, the member, like they're a client, right? And just the whole thought is they're peeking behind the curtain, seeing the secrets as I build my business, as my clients build their business, so on, uh, what's working. And also just as important, what's not working, which I find that if something bombs for me, I let people know in that newsletter so they're not wasting time, you know, and energy doing it as well. And yeah, that's why it's called Secret Coach Club, kind of like a community. And we do expert calls and stuff like that as well. But the newsletter is really the the backbone of it. And and something, you know, God, I'd, well, you would know probably more than me it, with the editing of it and stuff. There's probably been 500,000 words written in 80 some months, I think I've done um, over the years. So I've written, and it's really a lot of books <laughs> in there. I, I Kind of, uh, I, I should uh, I should go through and compile them into some books too uh, as well. But yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, yeah. So you know, our our big takeaways are just one, of course, be consistent. Yeah. <laughs> Two, you know, take the filter off, have fun with it. Three, be where your clients are at. You know. Four, you know, feed the starving crowd. You know, just give the value where they want it. And uh, final takeaway, you know, and, and it's very important for coaches is that you're not for everybody. Yeah. And you can't be, you couldn't, you know, every coach isn't for everybody. You can't service many people. Anyways, there's 8 billion people in the world and uh, you're not going to be able to be nice if you could, but it's not going to happen. You need a very small percentage of that 8 billion, a minuscule percentage to have an extremely lucrative, successful business. So don't worry about pushing people away, you know, just uh, attract your raving fans and push the rest away. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining me today, Mark. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. That's going to do it for us today at Ratchet & Wrench Radio. Be sure to check out other episodes on your favorite podcast player. And leave us a review if you found the episode to be helpful. Also, follow Ratchet & Wrench on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. You can get our newsletter delivered to your inbox four times a week, Ratchet & Wrench Insider, at ratchetandwrench.com forward slash subscribe. Thanks for listening, and may the rest of your day be the best of your day. And we'll see you next week.